0: Like I'm such a big believer in the importance of, of setting goals, focusing on what you need to do to make this happen, and then measuring against that to sort of ensure you're doing the right things. And we sat down in our first month of operation and set our five-year strategic plan, set our big, hairy, audacious goal, or BHAG. And we set this BHAG of $1 billion in sales, which just Ellen and I, you know, no experience in know what we we're doing, and it seemed like a completely, you know, audacious was the right word for it. But we broke it down into what we needed to achieve yearly, quarterly, and we smashed out of the park. Like I think we got closer to 2 billion in our first five
1: years. Kia ora, folks, and welcome to the Blockchain New Zealand Podcast. I'm Jeff Knightsey and today I'm speaking with Janine Granger. Janine is the co-founder and CEO of Easy Crypto, which is just coming up on their sixth anniversary and by now very well known in New Zealand. This conversation is actually bookended with us talking about Janine's mom, so a big shout out to you, Mrs. Granger, if you're listening. In between, we talk about growing a crypto company, competition in the New Zealand market, building a wallet and some of the security issues that come along with that, and deploying a New Zealand dollar stablecoin on pretty much all of the main chains. I hope you enjoy my conversation with Janine Granger. Janine, welcome to the show. Thank you for coming in this morning.
0: Thanks for having me on, Jeff. It's nice to sit down and chat, it's been a while.
1: It has been a little while. I was thinking back to our, our last chat, and hopefully I've upgraded everything a little bit since This is a very cool then. setup. Uh, very thank you. And, um, yeah, last time we talked, it was part of NZ Tech Week, That's right. which is, I guess, overall been a good success. It's still... Is that
0: 2020? It's still 2020?
1: going. It, it would have been 2020, and I think we just came out of lockdown number one. That's right. And I just remember it being like an audio video cluster. And I was like so stressed <laughs> for, for that session. Um, and so now I just do it myself.
0: <laughs> Looking good. Uh,
1: so I wanted to start with a picture that I pulled off of <laughs> your LinkedIn. And so this was posted, I don't know, five months ago or, or something. Uh, can you tell us about this?
0: Well, as you can see, we're having a lot of fun this night. This was the um, the high tech award, so this is sort of the the preeminent um, tech uh, celebration event in the New Zealand calendar, and this was. Um, me receiving the IBM Inspiring Individual of the Year award, which was that's really great. epic. And um, who was in the photo? So in the photo, from left, um, back left, I've got Louise McFarlane, who's our head of customer success. Many people who use Easy Crypto will know her and will have dealt with her. Uh, Mitchell Fam is just in front of her. He's one of our board members, and he just recently received New Zealand Order of Merits. You see that little medal there? Is yeah, his, that's uh, right his knighthood or whatever you call that. Um, Angel Lee's behind him, who does a lot of our solutions. So if you're a customer and you mess up something, she'll be the one fixing it. Um, my co-founder, Alan, behind me. And to his right, we've got Anna Walmsley, our chief operating officer, and Carol Williams, the chair of the board. So a whole bunch of the team came down for the event. Yeah. and was down in Christchurch, and it was such a fun night. And, yeah, a real surprise. Um, but uh, just, yeah. Really I, uh,
1: cool. So I pulled this out. Seriously, scrolling through your LinkedIn, it's just like a... Hit list of accolades, one after another. Um, but I noticed this one particularly because it looks like you guys are having fun.
0: Yeah, it was such a great night. And shout out to the organizers of the High Tech Awards. Like, it's a really fabulous event. If you haven't been before and you're in the tech industry, um, get amongst. I think it's an Auckland next year. And definitely nominate. You know yourself or companies um, that you work with that you love. Like, yep. it's it's great to have the recognition for for companies okay. in the sector. So yeah, encourage people to. To participate.
1: I thought it was uh, a nice relief sometimes I mean especially maybe in crypto it seems like we're carrying this storm cloud around and sometimes you don't even want to depending on the day tell people what it is what business that you're oh, into.
0: I know and there's so many things that I'm like people like oh we would you know consider you for this except crypto and um, yeah and sometimes you just don't have the energy for the barbecue conversations about <laughs> what do you do and then people like isn't that all a scam and you're like this conversation again. So yeah, uh, nice to have some highlights and light moments amongst that.
1: Absolutely. Um, I just got back from an academic conference in Rotorua. And so it's just New Zealand academics, but it was like science focused, science based. And so everyone's very curious. And you tell people your little speech about your research or about crypto. And most people are very interested, but it always is, it, it goes one of two ways. And I'm bringing this up because it still kind of surprises me. The w- The one way, the more positive way is what should I buy? Mm-hmm. And then the other way is, oh, I heard about this scam, X, Y, Z, and so yeah. on and so forth. and And I'm like... There must be more to it than that, but
0: yeah, and this is one of the things that's been challenging for me this year, right? Is you know, like many of us, I got into crypto for late. Like the use cases, the belief in the technology, that you know this thing can really impact our world, and you know, I've been doing this for six years now. You know, I've been in crypto for over a decade, but we've been doing easy crypto for six years, and it still feels like we're looking at that same future potential, but not seeing the real world impacts yet, and you know, the real world day to day of crypto is kind of falls into two buckets, I think. One is speculation, like, can I buy a coin and will I make money? And the other one is scams. And, you know, scams aren't unique to crypto. There's a whole lot of scams and everything from trade me to Facebook to banking. But, you know, there is, you know, dealing with that on a daily basis is really challenging. I'm like, I just can't wait for the industry to actually migrate into the use cases, the things we've been promised, the things that will actually help improve the world rather than just Speculation, and scams.
1: A tipping point would be very nice to. It's hard to see when you're in it, but once you pass it, you can sort of look back and be like, "Oh, we did get past that," <laughs> which maybe the uh, recent TV and Z Daco can help with. So you guys were profiled. Uh, fairly strongly, I would, in a positive way, strongly. That's the wrong word. Uh, there is a good emphasis on uh, Easy Crypto and specifically your family. And how lovely is your mom, by the way?
0: <laughs> I've had such great feedback on my mom. I think she needs to be our new brand ambassador or company mascot or something.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And she just she seems like such a cool cucumber as well. And like. Uh, is she still involved?
0: Yeah, I mean, I have to say the one thing that, so just as context, this is the the TVNZ docuseries, um, WTF is Crypto, um, which came out in October. And it's it's a really cool profile of firstly trying to demystify crypto and explain some of the concepts of crypto blockchain, NFTs, metaverse. And it's also a really cool profile of the different actors in the New Zealand ecosystem. So yeah, Easy Crypto is in it. There's also the Futureverse guys. There's Jess and the team from Beyond VR. There's... um, Tom and the, the guys who are doing ma- mining off renewable energy. So like, there's a whole bunch of different players in it. And it's really cool to have that that ecosystem. But yeah, my mum is in it because um, my mum is part of the Easy Crypto um. Team, she does our a lot of our sort of uh, you know general company accounting. We've got you know a CFO, but she's doing our day to day accounts work. What the TV series didn't include is the fact that she's actually a company like, accountant. Like okay. this is what she's done for decades <laughs> of her professional life. But it sort of made it sound out like I was just like one one day, hey mom, can you manage the books? Which like sounds a bit scarily. It XTX-like. did make it sound like. like. like that, yeah. I was <laughs> like, I wish they had maybe given a little bit more of the credentials for her for that job. But you know, as it is, she does a fantastic job and she um you know works really hard behind the scenes and and like you say, it's, it's very cool and calm and just you know there's a lot of money moving through easy crypto on a daily basis you know we're we're non-custodial we don't hold people's funds so there's never that risk of a hack or a you know us running away with the money but there is a lot of throughput and she manages all of that um and all of our foreign exchange and all of that with just you know total aplomb
1: oh that's that's brilliant and like Good family story as well, right? Uh, you don't see, you tend to take more of the limelight, the spotlight, is that right, compared to your brother?
0: Yeah, so Alan, Alan and I founded the business, or, well, he was in a week before me, so but we call it founded together, even though he, he kicked it off. Um, but yeah, he's not a big um, publicity and a limelight person. He just wants to get on and get shit done. Can I say that?
1: Uh, you just did. All right. <laughs> um,
0: he just likes making things happen, solving problems, whereas I'm you know, more happy to take on the public face and sit down and do things like this. So yeah, you get me.
1: Great, no, no worries. Um, I'm happy with that as well. Uh, in that photo, yeah, great to see that Alan was able to to be there as well. In WTF as Crypto? You mentioned you had a five year plan to hit a billion dollars. Yeah. Did you make it?
0: Yeah. So this was when we started the business, and this is something I talk on actually a bit. Um, in you know, in terms of like talking to other startups and people running businesses, like I'm such a big believer in the importance of of setting goals focusing on what you need to do to make this happen and then measuring against that to sort of ensure you're doing the right things. And I think that's really the secret to, you know, if there is a secret to success and it also has a lot of luck and, you know, other things that come into it. But having that that discipline on setting a goal, focusing and measuring. And so when we started Easy Crypto, um, my background was in strategy. So, you know, we sat down in our first month of operation and set our five-year strategic plan, set our big, hairy, audacious goal or BHAG, which is a, a term I love to use. <laughs> um, and we set this BHAG of $1 billion in sales, which <clears throat> this was just just Ellen and I, just the two of us starting this thing, you know, no experience, didn't know what we we're doing. And it seemed like yeah. a completely, you know, audacious was the right word for it. Um, But we broke it down into what we needed to achieve yearly, quarterly, set, you know, targets and we smashed out of the park. Like I think we got closer to 2 billion in our first five years, um, which were just completely unexpected. But um, yeah, I think, you know, definitely a testament to that, that, uh, you know, goals, focus and measurement, but also, you know, a lot of hard work going into that and a lot of good luck in terms of market timing and being able to, you know, get the right people and the right services we needed to make it happen.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, congratulations. I think most people... Uh, well, maybe I don't know what most people think. It's a like impossible sum of money, even as a revenue figure or, or as a, uh, a volume type of figure in crypto to, to try to imagine.
0: Yeah. Uh, and it, it really surprises people as well when they hear how much volume we've done. Because, you know, we're just one player in the New Zealand crypto scene. So it's like New Zealand actually buys and sells. And like, you know, there's a lot of people dealing with crypto in New Zealand and a lot of... Um, yeah, like, you know, out of the five, six million people that we've got here, there's actually a reasonable number getting involved and it's not, it's not insignificant in the new Zealand yeah. scene.
1: Yeah. Uh, and so just on that, what would you say, like, in terms of like working adults over 10% under 20 or in terms of people that have...
0: I'd say around 10% probably. We're still behind a lot of other countries. I think, um, you know, part of that is we've got stable government and, you know, relatively Usable payment systems and things like that. That crypto is not used necessarily as a as a tool for for you know people everyday financial life. It's more still that speculation side of things. Um, But it's you know it's and I have a lot of great stories from customers. I was talking to a. A seventy-nine-year-old woman actually the other day who's um, getting started in crypto and you know is just you know diversifying you know her overall portfolio As you putting do. <laughs> a you know five percent into crypto which is you know that's great you don't want to bet the whole house or put your your life savings in, um, but you know just really excited about. Having that diversity in her portfolio, and you know, it's it's been good timing for her to get in. Crypto's been up, sort of, you know, most things around thirty percent in the last month, so she's particularly excited about that. But it is nice to have, you know, give people that opportunity to have a different asset class, a diversification of, of risk and reward, and just um, you know, diversify the
1: portfolio a bit. And great to know you can be excited when you're seventy nine watching <laughs> the prices on Trading View or whatever, yep. as, you're, as you're like, well, that moved faster than my Kiwi Saver. Exactly. Um, So you mentioned, you know, about there's like this mix of hard work and luck, which a lot of people, you know, talk about. And I don't necessarily want to talk about just that. But in terms of maybe some of um, where you got to today, if we look back about 18 months ago, we had about three players where you could uh, New Zealand bank account, Mm -hmm. New Zealand dollars (laughs) on ramp and off ramp. And now, to my knowledge, it's just easy crypto. Uh, we also had Binance come in, but also Binance also doesn't have the on-ramp and off-ramp yeah. here in New Zealand. So I guess the question is like, how have you managed to keep that relationship and do what it is that you've done when it seems like we don't have a lot of option here?
0: Yeah, and I have to say it's really sad. Like, I mean, I don't, I don't relish the fact that we're the only player left in the New Zealand market. Like, it's, it's not an ideal situation. There should be more players. There should be a more, more of a scene, more vibrancy, more options. Um, and it's really sad what's happened sort of with some of the the recent failures of, of crypto players and the impact that's had on people. It's devastating for the industry and for the people involved. Um, for us, like, you know, I think there's two things that have helped us. One is that we are non-custodial. So like I mentioned earlier, you know, yep. we don't hold customer funds. That was a really intentional decision from the outset. We didn't want to be a potential honeypot for hacks or have, you know, we're quite aligned with the the principles of crypto, which is, you know, you can be your own bank, you can hold your own assets, no one else has control of them. Whereas when you use exchanges for trading, you have to entrust your funds with the exchange to be able to use their services, um, which kind of, you know, it does break that crypto kind of mantra and ethos a bit. Um, with us, we sort of built something that's more like a just like an online shop, right? You go to an online shop, you want to buy something, you select what you want to buy, you say where you want it delivered to, you pay for it, you check out, that's the whole experience done. And it's, we wanted that really easy, seamless, you know, what people are used to with online shopping. And so with our service, when you buy crypto or sell it, you know, that order is processed within a matter of minutes. And we don't, you know, we're not holding your funds or sort of putting you at risk on that. Um, The other thing that I think has helped us firstly obtain and secondly keep banking is a really really strong compliance focus Um, I know this is something that people particularly again go back to the ethos of crypto can struggle with a bit around having to do KYC or you know when when companies ask your identity your verification details they want to know you know where your money came from things like this Um, and a lot of that is driven by anti-money laundering controls which is something that we have to take really seriously I mean there's a misnomer out there that crypto is good for crime. I very, you know, I very strongly don't believe it because every transaction is traceable and it's traceable, you know, for infinity, right? So, it's this very public, open, traceable, transparent record of payments, which is not ideal if you want to do criminal activity. However, there's reality and then there's perception. And the sure. perception is that crypto is a haven for crime. And so that's why we have to sort of go above and beyond and work really hard to ensure that we are you know not just seen as, but also you know genuinely are really strong on compliance and that's a it's an absolute requirement to be able to have and maintain banking access.
1: And so from a business point of view, uh, would it be difficult to switch to being an exchange from your setup now and is the compliance different?
0: The compliance is a little bit different. in New Zealand, you know there's not there's not a huge amount of extra requirements. We don't have sort of really a stra- strict, um, you know, like, uh, what do they call it? Like capital requirements for custodial services, that sort of thing. Um, but for us, I think, you know, never say never, but I think we're unlikely to be in exchange yeah. just because it, it doesn't fit our, the tech stack we've built, the, the kind of like belief system and kind of business model that we have. Um, we have just launched swaps though, which is our sort of, I guess way to kind of perhaps help bridge that gap that you know you've got crypto A you want crypto B previously you had to sell crypto A to New Zealand dollars and then buy back into crypto B now you can just swap between them and that's much more similar to the exchange model. Um, we don't have all of the you know the fully fledged options like limit orders fill or kill those kind of more advanced trading things yep. but that said, There are so many exchanges out there and once you're in crypto you know it, you're globally in the the crypto ecosystem and you can move your crypto and start doing that kind of more advanced trading on, on any of the the dozens of, of good exchanges out there?
1: Uh, so I've noticed the swaps notice in my yeah. inbox. And um, so like, considering the non custodial factor, how's that working in the back end when I want to like sell my Dogecoin into Bitcoin? Yeah, Like those are two incompatible cryptocurrencies. So what do you have to do? And like, how do you handle things like uh, slippage between quote time and delivery time.
0: Yeah, so with this one, we're basically, we'll give you a quote, but we, and it does say this on the website that, you know, we can't guarantee it because it depends, you know, how long it takes. for So you're sending Doge in that example, right? Yeah. Yeah, so... You know, you say you want to sell us 100 Doge and you want to get some Bitcoin in return. We're like, great. At the moment, you'll get this amount of Bitcoin. Here's an address to send your Doge to. So you flick us your Doge. The quicker you get it to us, the closer it's going to be to that quote, right? Um, And then as soon as we receive the Doge, and this is all automated in our system, like, you know, we process within seconds, right? So as soon as the Doge hits our wallet, you know, we're, we're monitoring our wallet addresses, seeing what's coming in. As soon as it hits it, we're automatically flicking it on, selling it off, and then buying the Bitcoin to deliver to you. So it usually, you know, I've been monitoring this, and the majority of swaps that are coming through, you know, we've, we've been spending one for about a week now, very exciting. Um, they're mostly delivering it quote, which is cool, because we're, we're obviously, you know, customers are getting those processes fast. We're getting our quoting yep. right. Um, the ones that aren't aware, it might take 10, 20, half an hour for people to get the crypto to us, and that's just, you know, it's just the nature of the markets. So they move quite fast.
1: Right, between when I think it's a good idea to to do the (laughs) swap, and then I'm like, "Oh, what was that password? Where was that wallet that I have to?" Exactly. Yeah, and uh, and so I mean, I think I think that's a pretty good feature. How long has this one been in the works for?
0: Well, we actually used to have swaps a couple of years ago, but we used a third party provider for it, and we ended up taking it down just because we weren't happy enough with their service. Like it wasn't a good enough experience for our customers to be going through this other provider's swap service. So we took that offline and it's been on the to-do list for, you know, okay. since then. So probably about three years. But um, yeah, I'm so proud of what my what my team has been working on at the moment. Like we've got two really big new products um, just coming out on market. And yep. while they've been building those, they also managed to, you know, smash out this new feature, which is... You know, it's great for customers. Like, I mean, I love it. I've been flicking off a lot of my shit coins to, to get into some of the more, you know, you know, bigger things there were things that I think have good impact. Sure, now's
1: the season to clean out the closet. Exactly, spring
0: <laughs> cleaning time, right? It's, um, yeah, clean out the wallets and um, yeah, hope to, to get in on the next bull run.
1: So about that, this morning, there was another announcement in my inbox from Easy Crypto. When this comes out, it will already be be live. So you're mentioning that you have a wallet product coming. And there's going to be a demo, which also, depending on when you listen to this, will either be recorded or <laughs> will, will be the same or the next day. Um, so, like, is this related to Swaps? You've got a wallet product and, like, is this a whole separate vertical for Easy EasyCrypto? Yes.
0: Yeah, so the wallet is completely separate in that, you know, anyone can use the wallet, like, Anyone anywhere in the world, even you don't need to be an easy crypto customer, it is and it's fully self custodial. So, this was a really important thing. You know, we've talked about it quite a bit, but we really believe in people holding their own assets. And so, the wallet you know, you, you don't need to do KYC to, to use the wallet, you and um, you know, anyone, anyone anywhere can use it. And we're going to keep sort of building and adding new features in. But the main things that I wanted to solve for because wallets, you're a crypto user, right? Like, how many wallets do you have?
1: Uh, more than 10.
0: This is the problem, right? And um, when I, I did a survey on, on our community, uh, you know, earlier this year, and the average person has four crypto wallets. When I'm in audiences that are more crypto um, savvy, like we, I was talking to, to a group the other day and sort of asked people to raise their hands on how many wallets they had. And I got up to, you know, four, five, six, seven. I was at seven and most hands in the room were still up. Still up. So there's something like, as an industry, we haven't solved for the user experience around wallets. Wallets are way too complicated, and the problems fit into a couple of buckets. There's one around coin support. So, you know, you'll you know if you if you've been in crypto a while, or if you're buying anything other than the most typical cryptos, you'll run into this issue where you go to buy a cryptocurrency, and then you realize your existing wallet or suite of wallets do not support it, and you have to download a whole new wallet just for that new crypto. So. Our wallet, at launch, we have around 50 currencies in it, and we'll be working hard to get it to parity with Easy Crypto. 50,
1: 5 yeah. Yeah,
0: and and so our idea is that everything you can buy on Easy Crypto, you'll be able to store in the Easy Crypto wallet. Um, So multiple coin support is one really big thing. Having um, good security and that trade-off between security and simplicity is another main issue with wallets. So a lot of people, you'll have a hardware wallet for, you know, Longer term, you know, more secure storage, and then you've got like hot wallets apps on your phone that you don't want to keep too much in. But we're like hardware wallets, like they're great and I love them, but they're not an easy user experience. Like, you know, to your example of sending the Doge, like if you're doing that from a hardware wallet, you've got to pull that thing out, connect it, go through multiple layers of things. It's like it's quite a faff. It's not a user friendly everyday thing. Whereas we can build in great security into apps using things like, you know, multiple factors of authentication, using biometrics, pins, email confirmation, you know, you can, you can layer on your authentications to, to make it more secure. You can also do things like, and we haven't built this in yet, but it's on the roadmap of say having a, a time, a, a, a timeout on your wallet, like say, you know, this wallet, I want any withdrawal to be delayed for 24 hours you know, it's like if I've got a really long-term secure savings that I don't want to easily get funds out of, you know, make sure that, you know, no one can compromise it. Um, And so, yeah, that trade off between security and simplicity. And so, you know, I wanted to build an app that was really nice and simple to use, but didn't compromise at all on security and still gave people that real confidence that my funds are going to be safe. And the last um, sort of key point, well, there's there's probably a couple more, but one of the other big ones is around um, privacy, right? So you have whenever I do anything with crypto, like I went to pay a mate back for, for we were in Hong Kong and he shouted dinner and I was like, I'll hit you back with some crypto. And then I was yep. like, oh, if I send it from this wallet, he can yep. see all my transaction history. So I need to let, you know. So, you know, having different wallets that you can use for different purposes, wallets that perhaps, you know, this one is for, you know, my everyday trading activity. This one's for DeFi. This one is the wallet I'm going to use for interacting with dodgy smart contracts. But, you know, it's completely separated from all of my other wallets. So being able to spin up new, wallets or new accounts just as easily as you could say set up a new suffix in your bank account. And the last thing, and for me possibly one of the most important, is uh, seed phrases. So anyone who's, who has used crypto and knows about seed phrases knows that like this is not a, a user-friendly, it's not scalable, it's not a fit-for-purpose long-term solution for crypto. Um, I had a friend who watched the, the WTF is crypto thing and she messaged me afterwards and she's like, so this is all digital and amazing and you're talking about how this is a great new advancement in technology but then we have to write things down on a piece of paper and not lose it. Yes, that was one
1: of my first points when watching it as well. I was like, give us a bit more, just a bit more. Yeah, and unfortunately
0: (laughs) that was filmed a year ago before I was able to, you know, before we had this product and I could have talked about it. But so with our wallet, we've moved to post, I believe that as crypto, we're moving to a post seed phrase world. Like there are better or more you know, there are there are methods of recovery that better solve for the, that trade-off between simplicity and security and kind of meeting those together. So there's a um, technology called MPC or multi-party computation, which it's not new. It's been around since the 60s, but it's only more recently started to be integrated into cryptocurrency. And um, there's some really big, you know, unicorn companies that have been using it very successfully for years, mostly on a B2B, you know, business to business um, side. But so we think it's time for that kind of technology to come to the consumer wallets um, and also to, you know, There's a whole lot of other advancements and cool things that's happening in crypto. Account abstraction is another one that, you know, seed phrases, I think, will be a thing of the past. We're going to move to a way that is a better, more human-friendly way to secure your crypto assets. And it won't be writing 12 words on a piece of paper and hoping you don't lose them. And hoping
1: you don't lose them. And so, like, will we see... MPC features or account abstraction or are, yeah. are you just spitballing here?
0: No, no, no. So our wallet is fully MPC. So in what that means, in a practical sense, um, you do not have a seed phrase. So, and this is one of the things that I, I really wanted us not to have in the wallet because seed phrases, are there's a lot of risk from people stealing them. And if you have, you know, a lot of, um, you know, we don't want our customers, say, engaging with scammers and giving over the seed phrase, that kind of thing. So it's like there isn't that seed phrase, there isn't that vulnerability, there isn't that ERF exploit. Instead, what happens is we've got a range of different backup methods and you can use all of them. So again, you know, lots of options and making it really user friendly. One of the backup methods is social recovery, which I was interested to see Apple just rolled out um, last month or the month before. I was like, well, that's validating for for what I'm building. (laughs) But social recovery is, you know, if you lose your phone or say you uninstall the app by mistake, you haven't lost your crypto. When you reinstall the app, you've got um, guardians, you know, friends, family, trusted people that you've asked to help secure your wallet. And so when you reinstall the app, and I actually did this in our wallet testing the other week, completely by mistake, I uninstalled without realizing that I, you know, was going to have this impact. And I was very grateful that my recovery people from around Easy Crypto, you know, they just click a button in the app and my my wallet gets fully reinstated, all of my balances, all of my cryptocurrency, um, everything is there. So that's one of the options. Is sort of you know using friends and family, um, and you can also do cloud recovery. So you you have an encrypted um, copy of your wallet that's backed up to the cloud, password encrypted. So you know there is a. I guess, an onus there on you to have a, a strong secure password that you keep safe. Um, but that is something that most of us, I think, are quite familiar with now around around good password management. And when you install these wallets back, you know, no one can be installing a copy of your wallet um, on another phone when you're using it already. Like, you know, we'll be making sure that we check in and be like, hey, Jeff, someone's yep. wanting to recover your wallet. Is that you? You know, there's there's a lot of layers of confidence and security and checks that we can put in place, um, you know, using MPC technology to ensure that, your wallet's as safe as it possibly can be.
1: Um, Is it uh, app only? Yes. no web interface?
0: So we will be building web interface, but everything will get authorized on the app. And for me, this is another really important security point, right, because if someone, you know, someone could, you know, try to, trick or social engineer you to giving away your username and password to the site yep. but that, you know unless they actually physically have your phone they can't authorize those transactions and so it's a really you know it's just another layer in that multi-factor authentication
1: yeah i mean the whole idea of self-custody also then sort of leads to all of these horror scenarios where you can be coerced and manipulated and you know like there's this ai scam where like your sister calls you up and it's just yeah. her voice, right? And it's not actually not actually her and like crazy.
0: Yeah, and this is one of the things that I think, you know, I think we're going to need to have that human level of trust and authentication because, um, you know, stronger in the future. So the social recovery stuff, right? Like, you know, if your sister calls you, it's like, okay, call her back. You know, if, you, if you're if you in the same city, go in and see her. If not, call her back on another number. Check that it's genuinely her. Like, we're going to need to get better at, you know, helping coach people through, you know, your initial reaction when something like that happens is panic, right? You're like, oh no, she's in trouble. But helping, and this is what we can do through the user interface in our app is help people take a step back and go, okay, have you checked, you know, through this method? Have you done this? Like, you know, my brother and I have, um, you know, Secret like phrases or words or things that we would only we would know when talking to each other. And so, if he called me saying he's been held for ransom and he didn't say the right words, I'd be like, "Bye, scammer!" Like, yeah, <laughs> good luck. Yeah, <laughs> um,
1: yeah. Vitalik, he's really keen on uh, these two things. He's really keen on social recovery as uh, sort of the ultimate last say in in yeah. all of our authentication, um, and also account abstraction uh, and sort of the way that uh, Ethereum was set up originally was just sort of to bootstrap it and get it off the ground and running. Uh, and for a long time now, he's been writing about these things and mm-hmm. saying like, well, we have a huge problem here. And, uh, you know, the problem ends up with multiple wallet apps and then you lose your phone and you're like, oh, what was what was
0: where and how do I get any yeah. of this stuff back? God, my crypto is spread over so many different places. I'm just like.
1: Can you integrate your buy sell service with your wallet app
0: yep yeah, so it's in there it'll be in there from day one like we'll we'll be working on making it more streamlined and more natively integrated over time but from you know f- from launch day um, which should be after this comes out should be before this comes out when this comes out the wallet will be live and you'll be able to buy and sell within it yep. so as I said before like anyone can download and use the wallet. But if you want to buy and sell within it, you'll need to be an easy crypto customer. So, you know, if you're not already a customer, that flow will just take you through and help you get set up with onboarding. Um, But over time, we'll hope to integrate other services for buying and selling as well. So people in other countries, you know, outside of New Zealand will be able to buy, sell, swap, et cetera, within the wallet.
1: All right. You guys wrote the wallet yourself? Yeah. Yep. Very Um, nice.
0: And we've had it audited by, um, you know, good uh, highly reputable crypto audit firms. So yeah,
1: this is when this is when like you knock on the basement door and your dad comes in. He's like, sure, I'll audit your wallet. I'll <laughs> no. audit your wallet, no problem. <laughs> but like actually, he's a he's a really talented auditor. <laughs> you just don't know it. Um, and what else can I do with your wallet? Can I buy some New Zealand dollars?
0: Um, so we don't store New Zealand dollars on the wallet, but you can buy and store NZDD, which is our brand new, um, just released New Zealand dollar stablecoin.
1: Okay, NZDD. Yeah. New Zealand dollar digital.
0: Yeah, something along those so, lines. Something like that. <laughs> you get to name it what you want.
1: Okay. <laughs> yep. Okay. Well, I mean, you have to, you have to give it some uh, some ticker name, right? Uh, so that it so that it's obvious. So is this. Uh, coming out at the same time.
0: Yeah, so they're both getting released at the same time because we wanted, we needed the wallet to support NZDD, um, and NZDD is a nice, um, it's a nice pairing for the wallet as well. Particularly, you know, for people who trade crypto, previously, if you wanted to say take profit on a position, you're having to trade out either to New Zealand dollars in your bank account, which you know there's a bit of a delay on that, um, there's a bit of a lag getting in and out of the right. banking system or you're moving into USDC, USDT which means you're exposed to the exchange rate fluctuations. So this is a way, you know, there's so many things we could do with NZDD, but one of the, you know, very first use cases will be enabling people to swap in and out of different crypto assets which you can do in the wallet and you can do with us into a stable coin that will be, you know, stable with your native currency New Zealand dollar. Yep.
1: You want to trap everybody in the in the <laughs> crypto system, right? Once we once we get out of the dollar, the fiat system, we don't want to go back. Yeah, where or, we're going, we don't need
0: banks. <laughs> <laughs> or at least
1: it, it's it's a pain point, right? Going yeah. going back and forth for, for everything, for fees, for time lag, for yeah. convenience, for taxes, uh, depending on what you're doing. You just did the stablecoin because you wanted this option to do in the wallet like these two pair together.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm a really big believer in um, stable coins as part of the future finance infrastructure. So if you sort of step it back, you know, big picture assets are digitizing. So at the moment we've got cryptocurrencies, you know, uh, are digital assets, but over time we'll have fiat currencies, you know, with central bank digital currencies. I was over in, in Hong Kong last week and they've just launched their e Hong Kong dollar. Australia's been doing trials with an e Australian dollar. So, you know, governments are issuing their currencies digitally. Um, you'll also be seeing things like stocks and shares go digital. Identity is an asset that will be going digital over time. Like, you know, next 10, 20 years, I think that the majority of assets will be either natively digitized or tokenized and, and represented digitally. And that's going to enable us to do super cool things. Like, you know, if you think about what digitizing of information you know via the internet did for how we work how we interact all of the cool services like you know most of the apps you use today that product could not exist before digitization Uh, of information and so if you think of the same corollary of like when we digitize assets, what will we be able to do with that? Like, I don't even know. Like, our minds are going to be blown in, like, 20 years, looking back and be like, this is the cool stuff that we can do when we digitize assets. Um, and so stablecoins are a really important part of that infrastructure of a digitizing financial system. Um, and, you know, New Zealand is, New Zealand, you know, we have great innovation and, like, there's so many cool people doing things in fintech and Web3 space. And so we wanted to build a a piece of, you know, an infrastructure, a platform that people can build on. So NZDD is available, like, you know, anyone can use it. It's completely, you know, get amongst, there's no barriers to entry yep. um, and it's programmable, right? So when you think about what will programmable money enable us to do, it's, you know, you can move it any to anyone, anywhere in the world, you know, near instantly, very low cost. It's not sort of um, constrained by you know banking hours, like you know, like regular money, and and that instantaneousness, right? Like that's a really powerful thing. Um, also, add on make micro payments, like you know, it goes NZDD goes down to six decimal places, so you can split into you know very 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 tiny payments and do yeah. things that you know would never have been economical when you can only go down to one cent. But if you can go down to you know another I love four this decimal use places, case,
1: and I've been waiting for it, and I will keep waiting for it, uh, streaming money this idea of streaming for content, you know, by the, by whatever metric, Mm -hmm. by the use case. (laughs) Yeah. And of course you can't do that with, with divisibility to 100th.
0: No, absolutely. And like, you know, even just like, you know, wealth generation, like, you know, I, I love the, you know, and, you know, hopefully in the future we can add sort of stake and income or, you know, um sort of passive income on NZDD as well. But that idea of like being able to see your account balance tick up in real time, like every second you're getting that account balance increasing. And again, it's only small amounts, but it's really powerful. And I think it's a great thing for helping us build good financial habits to actually see that, yeah, when I'm saving money and I'm investing it and I'm, you know, not spending it, I'm keeping it here, I'm actually getting the benefit. And it's a really good psychological, um, you know, reward, I think.
1: Is it on Ethereum?
0: Yeah, so we're minting on um, Ethereum, uh, Polygon, BSC, Optimism, Arbitrum, uh, probably Ripple and Stellar down the line and, and likely Solana as well. We're one of the things that um, – You know, anyone who's familiar with DeFi, a lot of the DeFi core is really solid, but it's when it comes to bridges that things can go wrong. So we really wanted to mint natively on as many chains as possible to minimize the risk of people having to build bridges and then bridges being problematic. Um, And it also gives, you know, the... We don't know what the next big, you know, what platform is going to be the winner in the future. We just want the coin to be available for people to use wherever they are building and in whatever ecosystem they like to use. So, you know, like it's out there. It's on most of the layer ones, layer twos. Um, it's but open you're, access. You're optimistic
1: about layer twos, putting it on all the Ethereum layer twos.
0: Well, it doesn't take any extra effort, really. Uh, like, you know, <laughs> so we, we've had our smart contract code audited by a trail of bits. So uh, like, you know, the top tier audit firm and you know you do it on one chain and it's like it's actually you know pretty much the same smart contract across because those are all evm chains and sorry if we're getting a bit technical for people but it's um it's 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 not a lot of effort to go to other evm compatible chains for the ones that are a bit different like your Stellar's, uh ripples that kind of thing that's a bit of an extra shift yeah, we'll have all or... of those independently audited um but i'm a big believer in you know I, with easy crypto you know we sell 160 coins we've always been crypto agnostic it's like we're not going to tell you which crypto will be the winner in the future we're not going to tell you which chain's going to be you know the one to win it all and personally i think that That we would should... be a bad
1: business strategy <laughs> right
0: <laughs> but you know i'm like you know you, you do you whatever you guys want to work on but also i think long term the, the world should be moving to a place where interoperability is just baked into everything. And as an everyday user, when we're engaging with a financial service and product, we shouldn't need to know what layer one or layer two it's on, what scalability solution. It just should work. And what's under the hood, you know, like with the internet, we don't really see what, you know, TCP, yeah. IP, you know, went out and it brought in a lot of interoperability and that's great. But it's like people don't see that. They don't They don't need to look below that layer of this is the interface and this is the product that's helping me do whatever XYZ thing I need to do.
1: And so we do have another stable coin. Did you learn from its experience, the NZDS?
0: Yeah. So we're trying to, I guess, fill a bit of a different needs. So NZDS has a very strong wholesale focus. We really wanted to make sure NZDD was available at a retail level. Um, and we're also wanting it to be available. You know, Like I've been talking, I'm super excited about what we can build in the future with this stuff. Yep. So we really want it to be available for builders. So we've actually got a grants program um, supported by Callaghan as well around um, people who are fintechs companies that are wanting to build on top of this. Come and talk to us, let us know, and we can hopefully help with some funding to help you deliver, you know, whatever product or use case you're working on. So wholesale is is um, great for, you know, sort of high net worth individuals who are doing large sort of individual yeah. trades, but we want it to be everyday people, which is retail customers and people who are building services for retail customers. So that's what we focused on.
1: I noticed that as well. I mean, it's advertised. It's like $50,000 or something is the minimum requirement to mint uh, the NZDS. Um, but you mentioned bridging and I should mention this as well, that the NZDS is uh, kind of stagnated since there was a bridge hack a year ago. So yeah. if, for anyone out there, make sure uh, mm. if you're thinking about using that, make sure you have the full story. Um, so. And your thinking is that if you can mint natively on all these different chains, then that's going to remove one pain point.
0: Yeah, hopefully. And that's why it's, it's important for us is to try to remove the need for bridges. I mean, people might still build bridges. They might have you know particular reasons why they want to do that. But if we're natively across everything or as many as possible, we're not forcing people to use bridges.
1: All right. Well, I'm in favor of yeah more competition. Yeah. And uh, Australia has heaps of uh, stable coins, right? How many do you think they have?
0: Yeah, it's interesting. They've got at least six, I think. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things that like, we, we know the team behind AUDD, it's issued by Novati, who are a listed company in Australia, and we've been working with them a bit. And like, there's some interesting potential use cases on like remittances between Australia and New Zealand and how we can help people, you know, a lot of, um, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of flows between the two countries and people have moved from one to the other or a family. And so making it cheaper and easier for people to send money between Australia and New Zealand and also up into the Pacific Islands, like that's been a problem for a long time. Yeah. How, um, yeah, h- how people, you know, working in New Zealand can send money back home to the Pacific without it having huge amounts taken up in, um money transfer fees.
1: Yeah. You know, I'm amazed the need for remittances hasn't changed yet. The uh, attention that remittances gets in the crypto community and the media and stuff, it, all, it, seems to ebb and flow and like mm. we haven't seen a sort of large positive story about it in a while but like it doesn't change there's so many people outside of new zealand in different countries right uh, that use whether it's stable coins or some cryptocurrency that use it for that purpose
0: yeah and i, I know stella's doing a lot of work on this and i think around africa and um reserve is doing a lot in, in latin america so like there's definitely you know, crypto companies trying to solve for this. But, yeah, I don't know how widespread that's going because you've got this network effect challenge, right? Like it's yep. like unless, you know, the sender and receiver both need to be using or happy to use this unless you can somehow, uh, you know, just have an interoperable layer under the hood that they don't need to know what they're using, which I think is what the model that Ripple are going for. So, yeah, there's kind of some, you know, stablecoin wars going on, lots of different models of how to do this. And I think in another couple of years, hopefully we can look back and see that we've had, actual, you know, impact and shift and, and helped improve and solve those problems for people.
1: All right. So very big week for uh, <laughs> easy Crypto. Uh, yeah. Hopefully you can get some sleep. Is there anything you want to mention before I ask you some rapid fire questions?
0: I'll just give a massive shout out to my team because like this is huge, right? We're launching two really big new products and swaps on the way. And it's just like the team have been working so hard this year. i um, so stoked to have it out, you know, November so people can go into Christmas and take a really well-deserved break. Yep. But yeah, the team are epic and I'm so proud of the work that they've done.
1: And we're up like 100% on the year. So Yeah, that's good as well. <laughs> that, helps, that helps as it's well. It's <laughs> actually, I was saying to
0: my team yesterday, I was like, it's actually really nice launching new products into a rising market because, you know, you, you build over the depths of winter and if you launch in winter, you know, no one really cares. Whereas, I mean, the the, the, the the true loyalists will care, but like to launch into a market where there's a bit of excitement and interest and people are actually yep. like, oh, crypto again, as opposed to oh, crypto, you know, it's it's nice timing for us. So thanks, market gods.
1: And I mean, congratulations, on just staying around and continuing to, to build, to grow all of that. Um, okay, some rapid fire questions. Uh your mom called you a philosopher <laughs> is is that accurate
0: I love that bit in the show she's like the quote is um Ellen was the life and soul of the party and Janine was always asking why and I'm like I sound like the most annoying kid <laughs> um but no I think I do have that innate curiosity and you know and Alan and I both have the sort of the questioning of the status quo like why are we doing it this way can we do it a better way and so yeah I think that's where my mom's coming from I I did think I did do a few philosophy courses at university All but right. um a lot of logic which I really enjoyed but um yeah I, I like to I like to question the World and sort of understand how it
1: works. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Where is your favourite place in New Zealand?
0: Um, I love the Coromandel and probably particularly around Haahe. Like I just think the views, you know, out with those rocks out in the water are beautiful. But New Zealand, we're so spoilt for choice. Like everywhere is Adso- amazing. Absolutely. Yeah. And
1: actually, Coromandel's. I was thinking about this this morning and I, that's one of the top of my list as well. There's this drive up the west coast of Coromandel Peninsula. Yes. Catch it at sunset. It's one of the best and I've been on some of the like best roads in Europe as well. And yeah. it's just shout out to Coromandel. Um, <laughs> where is Easy Crypto's next expansion country?
0: I don't know. I think actually instead of going like we, we learn a lot from expanding into new countries, and it's actually really challenging, particularly with the regulatory environment, how that all changes. I actually want us to grow internationally with you know with the wallet and the stablecoin those are products that anyone anywhere in the world can use so we're not sort of restricted to just launching one geography at a, one time. At a time yeah yeah so i think that's the more you know we're moving past geographic expansion and into just yeah. like let's help the world crypto
1: in a sidebar here in, a, in america right they have like different laws in every state i know and so you end up with like so mountains of paperwork yeah Every that you have to register and every like that would that would be quite a headache yeah. last question who is satoshi
0: definitely not Craig Wright. Sorry <laughs> to the BSV people out there.
1: Well, I think that this has almost been uh, proven in court now. Uh, not those words, but I think he's had like uh, like two denials and like one case thrown out or yeah. something. And so like how much longer can this guy last?
0: I saw this great tweet the other day from someone who was like, you know, kind of dissecting all of this thing and then just finished with, if only we had like a, you know, fully independent um, tamper-proof chain of evidence record that we could use and it would have had to be invented, you know, by 2008. And they're like, oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> it just, it astounds me that this is still going on. But yeah, it's fun. Like, this is the fun thing about crypto. And like, it, we're starting to, f- it feels like we're getting a bit more mainstream now and a bit more sensible. But in the early days, like, you know, back when we started Easy Crypto and before, it's just like the personalities and the types of people you have in the crypto ecosystem are just fascinating. There but, there are
1: some good ones, yeah. Lots yeah. of uh, opportunity for you know, uh, filmmakers and uh, storytellers there. Uh, Janine, thank you very much for coming in today. Best of luck with the launch holiday season next year.
0: Thanks so much, Jeff. Lovely to chat as always, and we'll catch you next year.
1: Thanks for joining us, folks. Look out for the next episode of the Blockchain News Zealand podcast, probably in the same spot you found this one. Cheers.